Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole, and I've got a birthday coming up in a couple of weeks. It's not a big one. I'm turning 29, but it's got me thinking about how old I feel. <laughs> because honestly, I feel this year, I feel every single one of the months between my last birthday and this upcoming birthday. And of course, it's a weird year to reflect on because I, so my birthday is in February and I remember I came back from a trip I took for my birthday because trips were still a thing that one could take. (laughs) And I landed back in Germany on Rosenmontag, which is basically the big day to celebrate Fasnacht or Carnival goes by a lot of different names, but it's a big parade celebration and there were a lot of people out doing normal things. And that was definitely the last time that that was something that happened. And pretty quickly after things started shutting down and by March, we all know what happens then. So (laughs) yeah, weird year. On a micro level, not much has happened. I've done very little. I've not been doing things, going places, meeting people. I've mostly been staying home doing my thing. But of course, on a macro level, a whole lot has been going on. And I I suppose I feel like all that stuff really aged me. <laughs> this is such a ridiculous thing to be saying at the ripe young age of 29. But I, I do feel it. I feel much older than I did a year ago. Now, if you listen to the podcast, you've probably caught on that I like to go down thought polls and just keep thinking about things and and questioning things and reflecting on things to no end. And so I started thinking about what does aging mean? You know, other than my number, my age number turning from 28 to 29, what does that mean? And I've determined it's a certain maturity, a certain development in the way you approach life and the way you organize your life, the things you choose to do, the the things you choose not to do. And of course, the pandemic's dictated a whole lot of that and really forced me to grow up in a lot of ways, whether I want it to or not. (laughs) But there's another element at play for me, and that is my move to Germany. So I moved when I was 25. And I think that the second half of your 20s are definitely a time span when a lot of personal development goes on. There's a lot of growth and change and maturing and aging that happens. But I honestly, I can't tell how much of the person that I am today and the person that I'm growing into is because I'm growing and I'm aging and maturing. And how much of it is just I'm getting kind of German. <laughs> I I feel like integrating into German culture has included a certain list of things that happen to overlap with behaviors that match up with aging. This is a very silly thought to me, but also one that I I think's got something to it. So I'm really excited to take this topic on with another woman who moved to Germany in her 20s and to really get into how our aging throughout our 20s has corresponded with or has been expedited by integrating into the German culture. So my guest for today is Rachel Stewart. You guys probably, hopefully, know her from Meet the Germans. I say hopefully you know her because if you don't already know about the series, you gotta get on it real fast. It is so much fun. It's a series hosted through the Deutsche Welle where they take a look at German current events and culture and they present the information in English through the eyes 
of an immigrant or expat in Germany, and that host is Rachel. Rachel is someone who I've been admiring for a while now, and it was so cool to get to talk to her. You may remember last week, my guest Adam Fletcher was an author whose work really helped me in my first year in Germany, was really a bright spot. And it was so cool to get to talk to him. Well, this episode feels like a continuation of that, getting to actually talk to some people who are your expat heroes. Now, as for Rachel, she is used to being a host of video series, but I got to say she does mighty fine in a podcast. I'm so glad she was game to get into this kind of goofy topic with me. We had a lot of fun with it and also got some good insights. So I hope that you guys enjoy. My name is Rachel Stewart. I grew up in the UK, lived there all my life. I moved to Germany four years ago, and I currently live in Cologne in the west of Germany. Nice. And have you lived in Cologne the whole time? Yes. I lived for one year in a place called Neuss, which is not too far from Cologne, about, I think, six years ago for a year. Uh, And then I went back to London and then moved to Cologne. And how old were you when you moved over? The first time when I moved over for a few months, I was 22, I think. So I just graduated and I came over to sort of <laughs> test the waters. <laughs> how I liked living in my, my then boyfriend's home country. It's not that I didn't like it. <laughs> I did leave afterwards, but it wasn't because I didn't like it. <laughs> um, professional reasons. And then the last, sort of when I moved permanently was four years ago. So I was, what, 28, I think. Yeah, I have a somewhat similar timeline. So I I came for a couple months when I was, I think, 23. And then at 25, I moved over permanently, which for me, it's about three years ago. So I'm now 28. And I'm giving all these details about age, as are you, because of our topic, which is, am I aging or am I integrating? (laughs) I'm very delighted and amused that this is our topic. But it, it came to me because I was watching one of your videos. So you host Meet the Germans, a very, very popular YouTube channel with Deutsche Welle and I was watching some of the videos and one thing you mentioned really just popped out to me and sent me down a whole thought process. You said that one of the things that's changed about you through living in Germany is the way you dress, especially in terms of going out at night. And you mentioned how you're so used to when you were younger and living, um, I think, in London at the time, dressing up in high heels and maybe some glitter and like a nice fancy dress and makeup and hair to go out for a night out on the town and then you come to Germany and if you if you go out looking like that people are just going to look at you so confused because people wear the exact same thing day and night and so you were sharing about how that fashion for you has changed and then you just sort of as an aside said or maybe that's just because I grew out of that phase of my life cue my questioning oh my gosh am I am I aging or am I integrating in the German culture? (laughs) So yeah, I wonder if you think about that more, the going out look, what do you think about that now in retrospect? Do you think that was aging or integrating? It's something I've I've had to sort of consider a lot recently. So my husband, my German husband, loves to every weekend throw something out of the house. He just likes to go into our cellar and, and tidy up and throw some things away or you know, we'll go through our closets and and get rid of some clothes. And I've noticed over the last four years, slowly my collection of party dresses getting smaller and smaller, as I'm honest with myself and realise, well, when was the last time I wore that? Probably (laughs) 10 years ago. (laughs) 
And I sort of have always said, and sometimes I'll sort of throw away a bit of a resentful comment and say, well, it's not as if I'd be able to ever wear that here, is it? (laughs) (laughs) And then sometimes I think, well, maybe, maybe I wouldn't even choose to if I could anymore, because maybe I have to accept that, you know, that mini dress was really made for an 18 year old, not a not a 31 year old (laughs) (laughs) I mean I actually do most of the time really appreciate the casual uh, dress code here because it's just obviously so much more comfortable and if you're going out clubbing and you're going dancing obviously we can't do that right now but when we could um, doing that in a pair of jeans and trainers is is way more practical and comfortable (laughs) but I do slightly miss just the the fun of getting ready with your friends and taking a little bit of time to put some makeup on and try on different outfits and stuff that's a nostalgic part of me definitely (laughs) yeah and I think there's something nice about the confidence you can get when you think wow I'm really nailing it tonight I look so good I'm gonna go hit the town whereas you know here I'm like okay well this t-shirt I've been wearing all day will be just fine and you know what it is just fine but I don't have that special feeling of wow look at me go (laughs) it's so true if it was other way around and all of all of the Germans used to wearing their t-shirts and jeans suddenly had to wear more like glamorous stuff for a night out if they would feel <laughs> like really exposed or if they would be like wow I'm amazing <laughs> you know that's so funny you say that I, I'm living in a vegay and one of my roommates is German and a couple months ago when the lockdown wasn't so strict my roommate went to a wedding and she was actually the bridesmaid or maid of honor or whatever she was trying on different outfits and I was convinced that this was just for the civil ceremony, the Standesamt, mm-hmm. because she was wearing a dress that for me, I, I think I would wear to work, you know, it's just sort of, it's a n- nicer dress, but nothing special. At one, at one point she put on an outfit that the look really only worked with the high heels that she owned, which were gold. Um, and then the gold shoes, worked with a nice gold bag but then she had these two sparkly items on her and she was like I I know it looks good but I just can't wear it it's just too much (laughs) to me I thought for a wedding I mean yeah you should be a little you know glammed up but um yeah even in the scenario it was just like oh can't do it just can't do it (laughs) that that reminds me of the first I think it was the first wedding I went to here of uh, it was a friend of of my boyfriend's at the time and I was so embarrassed because I turned up and I had a fascinator on because I thought <laughs> then that could be linked to age. That could be my inexperience of weddings because I was, you know, fairly young. I think I was 21 or something. And I just thought, ooh, wedding, that means hats or fascinators. And I thought I was being really modern by choosing a fascinator. Rocked up at the, and it was also a, um, a town hall wedding. I just turned up and, you know, half of the, the guests were genuinely in jeans. <laughs> And nobody else had anything on their head. So I was really embarrassed and put it back in the car straight away. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, when I started thinking about this topic, I immediately started thinking about how I socialize. For me, I'm definitely hanging out in much smaller groups since moving to Germany, and I am having way more board game nights. (laughs) And I just sort of, this just happened. I never really thought about it until Corona came around and we have these different restrictions of how many people you can be meeting with. And I started noticing at one point that during this time when we were allowed to hang out with up to 10 people, I was like, wow, this is actually a party. Like even in normal times, this would have been, this would have qualified as a party. Whereas, so I I lived in Chicago before I moved over and there, I think you need 25 plus people to call something a party. (laughs) And, you know, a casual night in would still include maybe 10 people 
or it could not always, but you know, I just life was just bigger. And again, maybe it's because the states you just have more living space in Germany. You tend to live in small apartments and you really can't have that many friends (laughs) in one spot. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a good point, actually. I think definitely the living space. I mean, I've I've heard a lot of people mentioning that before. And yeah, it's just practical. If you've got more than 10 people in your flat, you're very likely to also hear from your neighbors. So, (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Do you also find yourself playing a lot of board games? Because I find the Germans are quite enthusiastic about them. Well, I have to probably out myself as as already having been a bit of a board game. (laughs) I don't know if that's really over the top, but my family, we definitely played quite a lot of board games when we were younger. I think the difference here is the style of them. So they're obviously really into the sort of what do you call them, like adventure, other world board games that take, what, like four hours to play? <laughs> oh yeah, at least. Something like Risk or Settlers of Catan or something like that, where you sort of really go into another world and you, you're a knight and you've got to build a kingdom or something like that, which I do <laughs> enjoy, but it just takes such a long time that I find it a bit of a sort of slightly stressful to commit to a whole evening of playing a German board game. And it is so serious too. Like I've mm-hmm. I've been to board game evenings where there's a warm up game, which is only like thirty minutes, and it's a fun, quick card game. And you're allowed to talk a little bit. Then they very intentionally did that to get everyone's energy out because they were like, okay, now we're starting, and now you need to be paying attention. You kind of have to be in character. Like we are not catching up on our work weeks or how you know what we've been up to. No, like we need to stay focused. And um, I've even heard friends say, oh, well, I, I like having this person around, but I don't play board games with them because they chat too much. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. So I think, yeah, my, my, maybe my friendship circle is just not quite German enough. <laughs> I've never experience. I know the first time I ever played Risk was back, maybe I was maybe about 20 or 21. One of the first times I came over to Germany and I couldn't speak very good German. And we played Risk and it went on for several hours and I don't know, it was maybe two or three in the morning. And I just had to say, guys, I can't stay awake anymore. I was so tired. And they were really disappointed in me because I don't know what was about to happen. Maybe someone was about to conquer South America or something. And me leaving kind of ruined the game. But I was like, I can't stay awake any longer. I'm sorry. And you get mentally fried at some point too because it's a lot of concentration. Definitely. And I think also it's the element of, I mean, how much do you really care? And I think... I can enjoy a board game, but I'm also happy to just leave it at some point. Whereas I think the typical German would be very into it and very strategic and not at all happy about the idea of just giving up. Yeah. One of my favorite moments that can happen in board game nights is especially when it's a mixed international audience, you get to a point where someone questions a rule and everyone's cultural stereotypes come out in an instant. So me and the other Americans are like, no, nah, whatever, we'll just agree on a rule and try it out. Maybe it's a fun rule and then we can just use it always in the future. The German is already grabbing the rule book. And if they can tell that they're already getting outnumbered by the other people who want to just wing it, that you could just see their face crumbling. Like, but just give me five minutes to read through the rule book yeah. and consult. Oh, no, no. Well, so funny. I was actually um, visiting some friends a couple of weeks ago and they've got a toddler. I think he's four and he his new thing is that he's obsessed with instructions so every time we tried to build something or play with lego or whatever he'd be like where's the anlighter where's the instructions (laughs) (laughs) well okay this is another one that's been very present for me in my life especially during corona i i mean i come from a country that takes rules in a very relaxed manner and i 
thought of myself as a bit of a rebel anyway. And I, I'm here three years in Germany and I am following so many rules to a T. I really do wait at the red light now, which is crazy. I used to play Frogger to get across the streets of Chicago like it's no big deal. Yeah. And I'm just noticing, especially in this era where rules are extra important and there's even more of them. I, I'm just leaning into it and I'm so eager for them. I'm like, okay, give me more rules. And, and as I'm planning social things, I'm one of the first people to pull up the Corona rule list and consult how our planning aligns with it. And I can't believe this, this change in me. And this is really one where I wonder, okay, is it just, was I always going to become more of a rule follower as I age? And, you know, my rebel days were when I was like a teenager and very young adult, you know, early twenties, or is this Germany's effect on me? I don't know. Ooh. I would venture to say that's got to be an integration thing. I mean, one thing that might change is the, the light thing, crossing over on a red man or not. I reckon that could change if you have children, because they're obviously so much more strict about it if there's a kid waiting there as well. Yeah, <laughs> True. That example. But yeah, I think it's very much a, a social pressure thing that, for example, say Corona right now. If I go out onto a shopping street or somewhere where you're technically now supposed to have a mask on, I'm fumbling in my pocket for the mask because I realise suddenly I'm there. My first thought isn't, oh no, my health or the health of people around me. That's my second thought. My first thought is, ah, someone's going to look at me and judge me and tell me off. <laughs> <laughs> this is very true, actually. The There's a very present voice in my head now, which is the old man neighbor who will reach his head out the window and yell at me for anything I do wrong. Like it's just a rule in Germany. Like if you're on an empty street in the middle of the dark, but you do something wrong out of somewhere, out of nowhere, <laughs> an elderly citizen will appear and they will inform you that you are doing it wrong. Maybe that's the German guardian angel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it's a positive effect, right? Like, it's good that I'm following rules more. I think if I was coming in with my full American energy being like, I don't want to do things your way. I don't know that that would really work. So I think you're correct in saying this one's definitely a bit more integration. Mm. Another Another one that makes me giggle a lot is uh, how many conversations in my life have become about, okay, I'm going to say this in German and then see if I can find a good translation for it. Preisleistungsverhältnis. <laughs> so the cost-quality relation? I don't know. Cost-value? I mean, you're talking about this too, right? I mean, this is a hot ticket item. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> I mean, we just went, just about an hour ago, we went to get our car washed which okay even that in itself my husband rang me and asked if I wanted to uh, have a lunch break with him oh, I thought great we're gonna go for some food no we went to the car wash he <laughs> <laughs> was immediately saying oh it's cost nine euros that used to be six euros fifty <laughs> <laughs> I I make so much fun of it and then of course I do it too you know over last summer especially one scoop of ice cream used to cost one euro. Now there's only one place in town that you can still get it for a euro. Everywhere else, it's 120. Oh my Skipped God. right over 110, went straight to 120. And yes, I did bring this up in conversation a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I appreciate, again, that that's a good skill. You know, you need, to, you need to understand the value of stuff. You need to be able to compare prices so that you can shop around and that kind of thing. But it really tires me out talking about it so much. And quite often I just genuinely I end up saying I just don't care you know I, I can afford that extra 20 cents therefore I'm not going to spend an hour analyzing it 
so for me though this one to to identify it as german integration or aging it's difficult because it's definitely a german thing without a doubt but at the same time it might just be a thrifty person thing because I think back on my childhood, I grew up with very thrifty parents. My mom had a full book of coupons that were always well organized. And she for sure could, she says to this day, well, when I come home for a visit and I want to go buy some vegetables, she says, well, don't go to this grocery store, go to that grocery store because this grocery store is 10 cents cheaper than the other. <laughs> so maybe it's just certain people that catch into this thinking and there I really can't identify. You know, if I'd stayed in the U.S. my whole life, would I would I become like my mom, a.k.a. like the Germans? Or would I have gone off another path? And it's just that here, it's so typical that this part of me came out. Who knows? Well, and also, it's it, for the Germans, I don't think it's always necessarily just about actually saving money. That's what That's what it seems to be about. But they just like to talk about it. And they like to compare and analyze and talk about the numbers. So I don't even know if it's really that important for them always to be saving the money, but to at least go through this exercise. That's very true. Um, the German roommate, we have we have two pizza places very close to us. The one is four euros for one pizza margarita. The other place, I think that's already seven euros just for a plain pizza margarita. But anytime I come back with a pizza from the cheap place, I am informed that the other one has a much better price lastungs for healthness because the ingredients are much fresher and higher quality and you can just taste it. <laughs> so it's a very good point that Leistung part of that phrase is the quality, right? And so yeah. especially, you know, if they're going to buy a new vacuum, they will spend the time looking at Stiftung Waren test, which is so like a... Yeah, just like a price comparison website. Well, like not really yeah. rating system. Right. Yeah. They basically rate a bunch of different things and they have different tables that give you different measurements, but also a little article describing how they came to their conclusions. And Germans love it. They consult it all the time. <laughs> and at the end of the day, you're right. They're willing to put the money out, but it's the measurement. It's as long as the quality is good and the expectancy of how long, how many years I'm going to get out of this vacuum and if it's repairable or not. This is mm -hmm. also very important. And also feeling like they got a good deal. That's really important. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen cases, for example, my husband will buy two of something and end up spending more than he would have on just one of them because he's been given a deal on both of them. He doesn't need two of them. <laughs> he's <laughs> himself having made this like, bargaining deal that he buys them both. <laughs> oh, actually, the barter in shops. I don't know. Do you have any friends who do that? So you would go into a you know a chain shop like a department store even, and they'll say. I like this, I don't know, electrical appliance, but it's too expensive. And then actually go and argue why they should have it for cheaper in a department store. <laughs> I've never encountered this, but it sounds incredible. <laughs> yeah, and it works often. As long as you can find wow. online where it's cheaper, they're very often they will give you a discount in a real shop. <laughs> That's wild. Because I have a hard time, you know, if you find an item that's a slightly broken, you know, if you find a sweater mm. and one button is already missing, I, I've been unsuccessful in bargaining that down because they'll say, well, it's a very standard button. You can easily replace oh, it. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I think you need to practice your um, slightly offended German tone. Yeah. <laughs> That is another thing where I was joking earlier before we started recording that I'm now coming to the conclusion through thinking through this topic that the average German 
I'm not sure how old they would be statistically speaking, but if you think about their behavior and mindset and thought process, the average German is like 75 plus. Like they're just a country of like omas and opas in various aged bodies, but sort of a stereotypical behaviors kind of fall into this older mindset thinking. And I definitely don't mean it in a bad way. Like few people I've met on this planet are living it up better than the retired Germans that I've met. They're having a great time. So this is a good thing. But it's so funny when I meet younger Germans, you can feel like their youth and the way they talk and the way they approach situations. But if they're coming to you in a customer service mindset, that tone comes out, which to me is such a specific, I, I sorry, I'm going to say it this way. It's, to me, it's like a bit of an older person approach of coming in to a situation super grumpy and like, how could you do it this way? And da, da, da. It's a very specific nuanced tone yeah. that people of every age can snap into. And you're right, I do. I, I need to work on it because it, it does work well here. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, you've got to really commit to it. I've tried to explain this to Germans before and I've not really been very successful because I guess they just can't hear it. But for people coming from an outside, from a different culture, it really is a completely different tone that they use. And it's something that basically everybody employs, even in small situations like at the cashier at the supermarket. If you think they've done something slightly wrong or, you know, they're complaining to you, they think you've done something wrong and you're trying to make it clear that you haven't, it's their fault. This tone comes out on both. You, know, you can hear people talking to each other, both of them employing the tone. And that just makes my um, makes my skin crawl a little bit. <laughs> I stand there if I'm, if I'm the next in line watching something like that play out. I just stand there wondering how does anyone come out of this because neither party is playing a, a de-escalation role. Like they're both sort of coming in very confident in their point of view and not so ready to give an inch. And so I, it's miraculous to me because they do at some point, they come out of it and they come to a conclusion that they're both happy with. So it, it works really well. I'm not I'm not knocking it. I'm just in awe of it because <laughs> it's something I really don't understand that well, being an outsider. Yeah, I think that that's something they should teach as part of the sort of citizenship process, because that's a vital part of being in German society. <laughs> I've been joking recently that I need to learn my confrontational German because yeah. I, I I try to, to mirror what I hear people doing, but I think somehow with my voice and my body language is coming across really negative and really wrong because people will actually get offended by me, oh. which is wild to me because I know, you know, I know who I'm used to presenting as and I'm not usually a very stern cruel person but somehow when I try to put on my German customer service voice it goes awry yeah, so there must be some kind of nuance to it that when we're not quite getting oh, maybe we need another five years here and then it comes okay, maybe we're just not old enough yet that's the, that's the thing another couple of things that I've started to really just love are spending time in nature like I would prefer to be out in nature to be watching something on a screen most days of the week. And in my head, these two thoughts are connected because the second thing is I love it when things are closed and that ha tends to happen on Sunday. So Sunday tends to be a day where I'm out in nature because there's not much to do. And right now, okay, so we're, we're recording this in November. We're in a partial lockdown in Germany and I, I don't know. There's something nice about it. <laughs> I feel like all my Sundays have been warming me up for this era. And I would think being a young, vibrant person in her late 20s, I would have so much fun going to bars and clubs. Um, I honestly went all summer long forgetting that clubs never opened because 
I wouldn't do it anyway. And I just love, I just love that things are closed and now no one else can do those things either. So we're all motivated to go outdoors and have fun together. I like that. (laughs) So to me, I'm like, again, is this uh, a Germany thing or is this an aging thing? You know, that I'm excited that, you know, that I I just have aged out of the club era of my life. No, maybe not entirely, but by and large. That's got to be both for sure. And an interesting thing is obviously, I mean, obviously you can club till there's no tomorrow in Germany if you want to, when, I mean, under normal circumstances, obviously. So yeah, I wouldn't say that's the German thing. I guess the German part is like, for example, you're saying (laughs) on a Sunday, you're happy to to just have nothing to do. I hate that still. I'm not there yet. Really? It just annoys me. I mean, even if I'm going to stay in my flat all day on the Sunday, it annoys me that I can't go and get something, nip out to the shops and get something if I want to. Yeah, and I guess that's the selfish part of me because Germans like to argue that it's a sort of it promotes it promotes yeah family life, um, <laughs> rights to the workers who would otherwise be forced to work on a Sunday. And I think well, there are still other people in other industries working on a Sunday, and there are people forced to work on evenings and things. So it doesn't really add up to that argument, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I know that's true. I mean, there's still restaurant workers who are working on Sundays and train employees there's plenty of people still working so I, I you're right to point out a little bit of uh contradiction there but I just the tone in which you said that it, you were like yeah they're saying it's for like family time and workers <laughs> rights <laughs> yeah but I just think one of these things again there's a contradiction of, of Germans like to protect their civil liberties and their freedom and and their um, ability to make their own decisions and they also love rules so they've got that contradiction already there and it's the same thing with a Sunday. Do you have to close everything and make it illegal for things to open in order for people to then think, oh, I should, you know, enjoy my family time? They could do that anyway if they wanted to. <laughs> but I, I think there is something to the being forced to do it. So take, for instance, we okay, we rewind the clock a year and Corona is not even in our vocabulary yet. Again, I was still not that interested in going to clubs, but some of my friends were. And so if I wanted to talk people into having a really chill night in, it was a harder sell when there's all this other stuff to do. Whereas if I approached them and said, oh, let's do this casual night in on a Sunday when there's nowhere they can go anyway, it's a much easier sell. And then they're more likely to to come hang with me and my little grandma suite. We're going to do a puzzle and have a cup of tea. Sweet, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> do you guys have a lot of nature? Do you go out into nature a lot in Cologne? Um, we have a lot of very nice parks. I mean, it's a fairly green city. We've got like the green belt, so that goes all the way around the city, which is nice. And luckily, I live quite close to it. I think I'm close to like three or four parks. And people really make use of them. For example, we've just got a new basketball court that's been put built in the park by us. And it's got like one of those outdoor gym type things next to it. And as soon as the weather is dry enough, I mean, it's just completely heaving with people. Uh, Obviously, it doesn't sound great during Corona times. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Trying to keep distance from each other. But people are very much making use of, of anything they can outside. You've noticed that for sure. Oh, and there's quite a lot of hiking trails not too far away. And I went on my first ever Weinwanderung, so wine hike, about, I don't know, a couple of months ago. We thought, oh, this is a great idea. We're going to get out into nature. There was a small group of us, very corona-friendly idea to go on a hike outdoors. But to get to the hike, we had to get on a train. And everybody else had had exactly the same idea as us. And it was completely packed. <laughs> 
<laughs> full of people okay. going to go on a wine hike. So yeah, <laughs> you have to try and be a bit more original with your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that too, to me, that ties into this whole uh, things being closed, forcing you outdoors concept. Because I mean, Cologne's a really big city. When there's always something to do, you're probably going to end up doing those things. Mm. Man, I'm really just trying to sell you over on this uh, this concept, <laughs> concept of Sundays being closed. The more you talk, the more I'm, my brain's going towards clubbing and shopping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, if you're trying to cook something nice, I totally understand the frustration. Yeah. And that's definitely happened to me several times where I think, oh, it's a nice day. There's not so much else to do. Or when it's a not a nice day, in fact, it's it's raining outside. So there's not so much to do outside, but it's a Sunday. Everything's closed. Oh, I know. I'll spend all day baking or cooking. And then, oh, I don't have this one ingredient. The stores are closed. Game's off. Yeah. Yeah. Or well, you make the terrible mistake of thinking, oh, I'll be very um, sociable and German and invite people over for a brunch or something. And then you forget that you have to go do all the shopping on a Saturday. So it ruins the plan. I do think that's the worst part when you're out on, say, a Saturday afternoon and then that turns into a Saturday evening and you just want to keep enjoying yourself. And then you have that moment where you remember, oh, wait, tomorrow everything is closed. I have no groceries. And then you have to stop what you're doing, stop the fun you're having, go be responsible. <laughs> it's such a drag. And also because pre-corona, a lot of German companies hadn't really come very far in terms of flexible mobile working or flexible hours. So that meant that if you worked the traditional nine to five, and especially if you were commuting to and from, you basically had no time in the week to deal with all that boring life grocery stuff. So you only would have Saturday, and if you had any plans for that day, then then that was it. You'd have to wait until the next Saturday. And that's another good thing that has happened with, with the whole pandemic situation. Yeah, there's been a little bit more freedom, I think, for a lot of workers to change their hours. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely true. I, I mean, really, I think we're going to have, as a society, taken a lot from corona that will be positive. Definitely, yeah. We just have to get to that point where it's not actively threatening our lives and our livelihood. <laughs> We'll believe 2021. It's gonna. Yeah. So, okay, as you look back on, okay, you had a, a little stint in Germany in your early mid 20s, and then the move in your late 20s taking you into your 30s. When you look back, yeah, what do you think? Do you think this culture has fit in with your natural maturing, I guess I will call it? <laughs> yeah, yes, definitely. I think one of the things I sometimes say that I think has changed about me since I've been here is a personal confidence. And I think that is tied into, yeah, it's slightly tied into a more German attitude because I think people are more confident in the way they present themselves. They're more sure of their opinions and they're more sure of, of the way they do things being either correct or at least not incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they won't be, they won't apologize for their way of doing something. They won't especially in a work situation, they won't come at a discussion apologetically or suggest that they might be wasting someone's time, <laughs> which is something that as a Brit is quite normal for us to do. Even if we don't think that we're wasting someone's time, we're quite likely to say, I'm terribly sorry for taking up so much of your time. Um, so I think that's been a cultural shift that has coincided with the whole ageing thing as well, where obviously now at 31, I, I know I am more confident in who I am and, and what I can do professionally and that kind of thing than I was when I was 20. Those are such good points. Yeah. And I would even throw in there, I mean, I would agree personally with everything you said and then throw in um, self-advocating 
was something that felt really uncomfortable to do in my past. And Germany really relies on every individual advocating for what they need. You know, people aren't as likely to, to, it's not that they're not thinking about other people. They're just assuming that if something's an issue for someone, that person will speak up. And in my culture, and I think I've heard in the UK culture too, it's so overly polite that self-advocating often comes across pretty negatively. And it's such a nuance to get it across in a positive way. And yeah, that's another thing I'm just so grateful to Germany for for teaching me and not even intentionally just by, you know, being who they are has really helped me make a lot of progress in that front. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now we're going to round the corner and head to home with our ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. It is a rapid fire question round. So I'm going to ask you three questions that you're going to answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is your very favorite German TV show? Obviously, Tartort just came into my head and that's not true. I hate Tartort. I really liked um, How to Sell Drugs Online Fast on Netflix. So in English, there is one word that makes almost everyone who hears it cringe, and that word is moist. (laughs) What is one word in German that has a similar effect on you? Every time you hear it, you just kind of go, eh. It makes me cringe when when a new foreign word gets introduced into German sometimes. For example, I just always remember during one of the World Cups, probably the last one or maybe the one before, I'm not, I'm not, I can't remember, when they kept saying Pura Vida and all of the German commentators would just say, ah, Pura Vida, <laughs> all the time. And it just sounded so cringy and kind of culturally insensitive sometimes. <laughs> what is it? What does it mean? I guess it's just like in Spanish, like real life, pure life. And finally, if you stroll on into a German bakery, what do you always end up leaving with? 100% Brötchen, so bread rolls. Um, I like to vary it up a little bit, but my favourites are Kürbiskernbrötchen, which is pumpkin seed, or Kartoffelbrötchen, which is potato roll. Well, great. You nailed your sex, sex, sex. And it was such a fun conversation with you. If people want to find more of you and watch along with your series, where can they find you, Rachel? Yes, so you can find all the videos on YouTube under DW Euromax. I think we've done like 33, 34 videos now, so there's a lot there. Um, and we also, for the last, since about six months ago, we've been on Instagram. So that's DW underscore Meet the Germans. And there we post stuff every single day. Nice. Very good. I can also plug a couple of my favorites that I was watching in preparation for today. Somehow for the first time today, I stumbled across your amazing musical talent (laughs) in, um, (laughs) what was it? Uh, Fish and Chips or? Currywurst. Currywurst, exactly. (laughs) Very, very lame attempt at rapping, but it was good fun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a blast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks again to Rachel for coming on to the Expat Cast. I've linked to Meet the Germans, YouTube, and Instagram and website in the show notes. If you need a place to get started, I've linked to the Fish and Chips and Curryverse episode that I referenced in the podcast. While you're at it, you can go ahead and follow the Expat Cast on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can check out theexpatcast.com to read some blog posts, leave a rating and a review, and more. Thanks, as always, to Amy Lucky Art for the logo and to Sidehug for the theme music. They're on Instagram at a hug from the side. Somehow we are in the last week of 
of January already, so I'll see you guys in February. I'll be back on Thursday with another episode in our Travel Germany series, and this time we are heading over to a little place called Dessau. Until then, have a great end of January, great start to February. Stay healthy, stay safe, this done. Tschüss!